Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. You look like some sort of famous honky movie star there. What is honky? Honky. Honky. Honky, not honky. Honky. <laughs> honky. Yeah, good looking. Oh, thank you. I'm trying to start it off on a positive note. I'm a bit sad that it's a podcast and so no one can see the picture. But describe it in we your own words. We can, we we can tweet it. I could, out, yeah. I could yeah. tweet it out. No. Uh, you look like uh, somebody who plays Superman. Mm, like nice. you're the, you look like the Clark Kent type. Without glasses. Without the glasses. Yeah. What a last day for me. At Maybe like Russell Crowe or somebody like like a oh, Russell no. a young Russell Crowe. Let's have another look. What? It's not Russell Crowe. He looks like somebody famous, around. and it's not Matt Hummels. I can't just quite put my finger on it. No. Maybe a bit of sort of Johnny Depp going on. Yes. The slight, what? Slight, slight kind of wet look hair. Is, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Holy shit. Yeah. So there's a in within six years I went from Johnny Depp to the fat Matt Hummels. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. <laughs> uh, I was hoping. We'd actually start by you telling the world about your fairy tale bar last yes. night. Yes, you so want to do that? It was my last night out at one football because I'm going on parental leave. Sorry, fans. Um, I'm out for six months, and so last night we went out for drinks and. Um, Some of us, nice. a select group. A select group of people went out for drinks and then mm -hmm. we had, we left the bar because it closed and then we found out next door is a fairy tale bar. Like a real, like we knocked on the door. The was door, it a secret knock? I don't know. We just okay. knocked. Oh no, mm -hmm. I think we also ring a bell. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, and then, the then a door opened and a, an elf with wings and stars in her face opened and led us to <laughs> led us to the table then she gave us a secret box that we had to open where the menu is in we opened it butterflies came out what uh, yeah actual butterflies yeah like no like like toy ones but oh, okay. they, they flew out like over everywhere mm -hmm. and then you have to decide on fairy tale theme um uh, cocktails which were super expensive and small <laughs> so this is a good combination and what did you go for uh, i think my my one was called the dark The Dark Horse or something. Mm -hmm. It was quite tasty. Uh, there was oh. also the option to drink out of a, I don't know, like a women's shoe. <laughs> <laughs> like a glass slipper. Yeah, like a yeah, of, like yeah. a glass slipper because yeah. of uh, Cinderella or something. Yeah, yeah. So there are many options. I can absolutely uh, say it's a good way for a last drink. Are you sure you didn't like inhale or ingest something strange <laughs> yeah. at the previous we were, bar? It does sound like it, doesn't yeah. it? it does this morning like we were discussing if this was a dream. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we have pictures. I saw some pictures of yeah. it. Yeah, we were there. Benny yeah. in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Alex, you ever drank out of a woman's shoe? Um, off the top of my head, no. No. <laughs> no. Probably it's, wouldn't want to admit to it anyway. It sounds like something you might remember if you were yeah, to drink out of a woman's yeah. shoe. You? No, but I, I would do. I'm, yeah, I'm open-minded. In the cocktail sense, not in the sort of you wouldn't just pick up a random woman. I'm open-minded, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Dan Burke. Hello. Alex Mott. Hello. Benny Kulhoff. Yo. As ever, should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. We do really appreciate them, so please keep them coming in. Now, Champions League, group stages, over, done with. And so too are Inter Milan's hopes for the year. How can a team winning Serie A be beaten by Barcelona's under-14 reserve team? <laughs> can anybody explain this to me? Who saw it? Because they're Inter Milan. <laughs> that's, is, is that, that's the answer? They're the perennial bottle jobs. Since and they've got Antonio Conte as manager, who is notoriously bad in Europe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, is he really? Yeah, yeah. But Juventus, I don't think he ever got past the last 16. 
at Chelsea, they didn't get past the group stages when he was manager that one year in the Champions League. So I think all their efforts are going towards Serie A this season. Um, they didn't play. They played okay, but yeah, it was a Barcelona B team. They really should be beating them. But um, yeah, I think overall they didn't really deserve to to go through. If personally. you have a 17-year-old scoring against yeah, you. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And they gave it away against Dortmund. I mean, they had a 2-0 lead if they win there. It's done. Uh, so they didn't give it away just in the game, I would yeah. say. Lucy and Favre look pretty happy with himself afterwards. Yes, I mean, the whole Dortmund team was super hyped up. But I would say... Is it enough to save him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't oh, okay. fire him right now. So he saved his job, that's for sure. But I think, like, it was a success. And but something that I expected and planned with, I'm pretty sure. Now they sell it as a success. Um but um, Burki saved them, more or less. And Oh, what a save. If you need like 10 great saves against Slavia Prague to go to the next round, there's potential to like go down again okay. if you get a real opponent. Oh, sorry for Slavia Prague fans. <laughs> <laughs> but he had one particular save where it diverted off, uh, I forget who, Shin, mm-hmm. and then he had to kind of switch midair and then claw it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. The fans don't love him because he has some mistakes in there and like he's... Uh, he's not like the most loved goalkeeper for Dortmund fans, but yeah, he saved theirs. So. Um, Sancho scored one, set up another. There's so much talk of him leaving in January. Chelsea, Liverpool. No, they won't let him go in, in January. No, you don't sure. think? No. Even for 120, 150 million? Yeah, they should. For 150 million, everybody can go. But uh, I think they they wait another year to get 200 million next mm. summer. Yeah, why is like that? Don't move in January. They nah, usually do this. It doesn't tend to happen. But there's just so much talk of it that can't be coming from nowhere. I mean, well, calm down be. a bit. There was this like he's like not coping with the team. He is not happy anymore. Whatever. This mm-hmm. completely calmed down in Germany. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not a topic anymore. I think because Dortmund is have su- have success right now. Um, but yeah, I don't think that it would be if they don't replace him with I don't know Haaland or yeah. whoever there is um, or find a replacement and get great money out of it there's no reason to give him away because you can sell it in the summer with 452 so it's absolutely fine there was talk of a sort of clear the air meeting in the Dortmund dressing room yeah there was this I don't know it's a a weird one because like two weeks ago Lucien Favre was the shy tactic nerd that uh, doesn't talk to the team and two weeks later after three wins and going to the next round of the Champions League they say he absolutely changed everything (laughs) and uh, he's a great coach like even Mats Hummels is uh, giving praise for him and Mats Hummels is is, is his biggest opponent in the dressing room I would say so I don't know it's a bit suspicious I think they don't have a replacement otherwise he wouldn't be the Dortmund coach right now so ah, okay yeah. uh, we mentioned Berkey and speaking of keepers how do we think uh, Martin van der Voet is, is feeling right about now he's he the gank keeper. he's the gank keeper yeah, yeah. Well, they, well they got to be 4 nil, didn't they yeah and the first goal was his mistake, wasn't it? Within about three minutes as well, I tried to do a Cruyff turn inside his own area. Probably a bit of a rush of blood, I think. But for yeah. a seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old 17 yeah. keeper, you think it was too much to throw a seven? I mean, you're a former professional footballer, Alex, as we know. Yeah. Would it be too much to throw a seventeen-year-old keeper into the Napoli? Well, they obviously arena? think a lot of him. Otherwise, they wouldn't. And it was a dead rubber for them anyway. So, and but. I don't know it's different isn't it keepers, a, keeper's different yeah it's, a, it's a weird, completely yeah. different because you you don't you need to sort of exude confidence to your back four as well or back three whatever so yeah it's a bit too much for a 17 year old I think which 
proved within five minutes mm. on uh, on Tuesday. But yeah, it was a dead rubber for them. So yeah, I'm not, hopefully it won't dent his confidence too much. That's what I would hope for. Yeah. Because he does seem like quite a prospect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Napoli, Carlo out. Anthony uh, Zacchino has emailed in to ask, what happened to Ancelotti? I thought he would be able to help Napoli take the next level, but it seems he hasn't been the same since being fired from Real Madrid. Is he still a top-tier coach? Can uh, anybody answer any of those questions? I think... Um it's sort of all gone downhill from that training camp that they did and then didn't go to because of sort of player power. Um, I, I like Ancelotti. I think he's obviously a good man manager, but he's not... Napoli aren't the sort of top-tier squad full of superstars that PSG were, that Real Madrid were, that Chelsea were when he was there. And he needs he needs that level of player and he can then take them to the next level whereas Napoli aren't that and I think that's why him being linked with Everton and Arsenal doesn't really make much sense no, I wanted me. to ask about that yeah that doesn't really seem like the kind of job that he could do that's like a Napoli and we've seen how well that's gone so mm. yeah that doesn't really make a lot of sense for me it'll be interesting to see what he does now maybe an international job is sort of better for him um because I can't see him getting one of those top, top jobs anymore. So you wouldn't see him as a top tier coach anymore? It's been years since he's been a top tier, I think, hasn't it, really? Well, like, since he left Real Madrid. I probably. think Bayern Munich sort of really, I yeah. don't know, from there. Broke then, him? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I agree. I think Bayern broke him. All these pictures of him smoking on the training pitch and like, it looked, he looked like a lazy old man in Germany. Like, <laughs> his co-trainer was smoking during training and all this stuff. This, I think the, the image is gone. And even for, maybe he's that kind of coach that doesn't reach to players like Jaden Sancho or the young ones. When they see him, they see, oh, what's grandpa saying there? Like this grandezza stuff that he has is right for Ronaldo, but maybe not right for like a young guys. Yeah. So I the, think. There's sort of, I've heard that his like training sessions are very lax yeah. and they're not like structured, which again, if you're Ronaldo, if you're Bale, that might suit you because you've got that inner drive to push mm -hmm. yourself every day. Whereas if you're a young player or, a squad that aren't quite at that top level that's not going to work at all so imagine going from coaching Kaká to Seamus Cole it'd be mad to take that job you've seen it all at Everton yeah but it's too too much of a mess or I it's just, just too big of a step yeah, down yeah I mean or? I think they're a very unsettled club at the best of times Everton and especially now I, if I was him I would just take the rest of the season off and sort of assess your options I think Arsenal would be a good fit for him actually I think they, oh you're in with that one yeah I think they should probably go Ooh. go for him whether he would again take take a job like that at this moment in time I don't know but Everton there's such a sort of big big job on your hands to be a success there really it's like turning around an oil tanker isn't it yeah a little bit it's what I don't understand I mean he played for 80 years he's coaching for 60 years he won everything why should you go to Everton I mean he yeah. has tons of money he looks, he's looking great he can just enjoy life I mean you can maybe he needs a project yeah life is a quite nice project so <laughs> why not like, <laughs> why not why are traveling to Prague on a Tuesday night to lose uh, with your team if Everton were doing that then that would actually be pretty good <laughs> for Everton let's say <laughs> Uh, there's also talk of Unai Emery at Everton. Again, can't see that happening. I uh, he seems a bit like Marco Silva, though. Sort of very mm. on the players every second of every day. And that obviously didn't work at Everton. So, oh, Big Dunk is doing well there. 
<laughs> what? One game. Let's hold steady. Is he the son of Alex Ferguson? No. <laughs> oh, no. But the son of Alex Ferguson, Ferguson is a fair. That's Darren Ferguson. That's Darren Ferguson. Darren, but yeah. he's also working like somewhere, right? Or He was a. Was he, I think he was an agent for a while. Okay. Was he an agent? He was, no, he's got another bro. son who's an agent. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Oh, okay. He, uh, Darren, did play under Alex at Man United yeah. for a while. Jung Klopp's son played for Dortmund while well, he was. Did he? Yeah. He looks exactly like Jung Klopp, which is funny. With the teeth? Uh, yeah, with the, like, before the, all the surgery, like uh-huh. the before Klopp, okay. the old one. The old Klopp, he looks like the old Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Frank Lampard, meanwhile, first English manager to reach the knockout stages of the Champions League, having been in charge of all six group games since... Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. Yeah. He finished second to Valencia, though on the same points, knocked out an Ajax team who made it to the semis last year. I really think Frank Lampard is doing a decent job here. Yeah, I mean, we the- did our Champions League preview back in August in this room. And I what said, did you say? I said that Chelsea would finish bottom of the group and not, <laughs> not win a game. So they've definitely done better than I thought. You um, want to heap some praise on Lampard? Now? No, I am. I, I will reserve judgment, I think. He is doing a good job. I still think they're really bad defensively. And I think against a better team, they'll get found out big time. Oh, they won't make it past the next round. No, I think, yeah, they're second. So they're going to play one of Barcelona, you know, the, one of the better teams by Munich. And I think then they'll get found out for the sort of team they are. But considering where they were at the start of the season with all the young players coming through, I think he has done a very, very good job. And I will we'll praise him. But mm. yeah, we'll see what happens come February, I think. They've had their transfer ban uplifted. Yeah, which... This is terrible. I argue, I yeah, argue this I, is a terrible yeah, move for them. I th- <laughs> no, I do agree with that, actually. I think they've got £150 million to spend. I'm not... That's what they say. I think he wants a new forward. Zaha, maybe Sancho. Of uh, Dembele at Lyon has been linked as well. If they can maybe bring in one or maybe two new players, that might be a good thing. But they can't go too crazy, I think, because that will completely unsettle the squad and... The, the reason that they're doing well is because these young players have been given a chance and a run of games even if they've had one or two bad games they're playing eight, nine, ten games in a row which will help them so they need to it's a great learning curve yeah exactly mm. and that hasn't happened at Chelsea for the past 10, 12 years so yeah they need to just sort of hold fire I think and even if they do finish fifth and don't sign anyone in January I think they can chalk that off as a successful season and then maybe go again in the summer yeah, but, yeah. bad thing for them Dan? um I don't. I mean, like we said earlier, January is quite a hard time to do deals, so it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't really get anyone. I think they need a left back, don't they? So that's quite yeah. urgent. They've been linked with Alex Tejas from Porto, so like, oh, yeah. I could see him getting someone like that, maybe. But that's probably going to be about it. I would fancy Chelsea to finish top four this season, actually, yeah, the way everyone yeah. else is sort of playing. I think I've been impressed with, with what Lampard's done. Like you said, defensively, they're not great. They're not very clinical either. Like I think Tammy Abraham's done really well, but long term, they're going to have to probably bring in another striker to kind of supplement him. But they would be playing second fiddle to Abraham, wouldn't they? Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, or maybe the other way around. I don't know. But They've got Batshuayi. Whatever happened to Batshuayi? Is he just not that good? I don't think so, no. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> I keep backing him to do well every season. You know, he always lets me down. Uh, Alex, you watched the Liverpool game during the week. I did. And it was a good old-fashioned ding-dong. Yeah, it was great, actually. Um, so <laughs> oh, you like that term? Yeah. <laughs> I just ad-libbed that term. That's not, even on, that's not even on my script here. Good old-fashioned ding-dong. It yeah. was. No, it was really good. Salzburg were brilliant. I was really impressed. Um, 
it was just like a basketball game, really, back and forth. I mean, there was no midfield from either side, which <laughs> helped the game generally. Um, Liverpool were quite poor in the first half. I thought they looked really open to Salzburg's counter-attacks. That Mina, Minamino, the Japan international, was really good. I see today, actually, he's been linked with a move to Liverpool, which is interesting. Yeah, apparently he's got like a 7 million release clause yeah. or something. Uh, oh, every yeah. Salzburg player has his first release clause goes to Leipzig. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the so, first option for then, all of them. Then so Liverpool. Don't dream Liverpool. Okay. They go, he go, if he's good, he goes to Leipzig. That's the thing. But yeah, he was great. Um, and Haaland was, was played really well as well. So, no, it was a really, really good game. Fast-paced, gung um, yeah, I thought Liverpool got fairly lucky, but as I, well, I wrote in my piece on Tuesday, they're just doing enough in every single game. It's amazing. Um, I think that's a bit unfair, personally. Do you think? Yeah. I think they're pretty good, aren't they? They are good. Oh, I look no, how hard it was for him to admit it that. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, think not, I was just trying to find the right words. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think just doing enough is a bit unfair. I think they are like dominating almost every game. They had like over a thousand touches against Bournemouth the other day. Yeah. Um, over a thousand? Like, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's one like three times it's happened in the Premier League I think or something like that holy shit like I think against Salzburg I thought they were sort of quite open in the first half keepers had a, quite a bit to do but like second half it was yeah, they, got, the they got those two goals in quick yeah. succession didn't they and then that's, they closed it down that's yeah. once they got that first goal yeah. they sort of closed the game down which is sign of champions sign of champions that's what they say um, uh, that Salah finish was yeah, Salah unbelievable finish was amazing. Um, and as you pointed out his bad foot too yeah right foot tight angle it was yeah very 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 good finish and that was actually the hardest chance he had in the game um, which it's amazing yeah it? which yeah. was impressive so I can't I don't know there's just not a better team in Europe at the moment oh in Europe he says yeah there's not though is there no I was like you look at the teams that have gone through I don't think any team beats Liverpool over two legs wow here's a hot take for you Liverpool the only good team in Europe at the moment only who good. else is good? Yeah, PSG. No yeah, PSG, PSG look okay. Playing well. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I know that they'll bottle it in the next yeah. round, of course. But for now, they look okay. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night, Benny, while you were at the fairy tale bar, hmm. uh, Kingsley Coleman was getting injured. Yes, I got a message from the One Football app. Uh, it it's looks good. Super good app. Serious. You should download that app. It's, it's pretty good. good. They are pretty fast with uh, pushes, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially in Germany. I don't know the English market is there. But <laughs> no, the English market is the word. You, the editors on the English desk are awful. Uh, <laughs> it looks serious but I think uh, it is a bad injury again in his knee um, and he already like years ago I remember when he said like I want to end my career if there's another damage in my knee. Oh he said that? Yeah he said that but Ooh. he said like a year later he said like yeah I was in a bad mood whatever but uh, it's serious though the year is over for him for sure um, yeah but I think but not the season the season no not the season it's not a torn okay. RCL or something, it's ah. something uh, well I did see that he hobbled off so I yeah, figured it, it couldn't have been that bad but I think Bayern calculates Coman out for half the season yeah. anyway so they have enough players to replace him okay uh, the best group winners in the history of the competition is it yeah they've got a, they won their maximum points yeah. and a goal difference of plus 19 That's yeah. Yeah, because of the 7-2 seven seven against yeah. Spurs against, uh, against Tottenham <laughs> right. yeah, it's the Hansi the Hansi thing yeah it's the Hansi they are bad in the Bundesliga but they, I think they focus on the Champions League <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe the way, not. way to go yeah. so Paris Saint-Germain Real Madrid Bayern Munich Tottenham Man City Juventus Liverpool uh, Napoli Barca Dortmund Leipzig Lyon Valencia Chelsea Atletico Madrid and Atalanta all through who are your favourites and who are your dark horses <laughs> we were laughing before we came here that City are apparently the bookmakers favourites 
Are they three really? to one? Which I don't, I don't know if they've watched it in the season, but <laughs> I would suggest that is nonsense. Yeah. Okay, so they're not your favorite. Are they, they're not your favorite. I was like Liverpool yeah. again. And dark like horses. Dark horses. God. Um, I'd say Leipzig, not to win it, but just to do fairly well. They finished yeah, top of their group, they, which means they could get a relatively easy um, next game. Yeah. Um, so I could see them getting to the quarterfinals, maybe. Yeah. But I think interestingly, this is the first time that. Uh, the teams in the last 16 are from the top five leagues in Europe which oh. sort of says something about um, the Champions League because there's no rich, Ajax yeah, yeah rich rich countries dominating um, who needs a Super League European Super League really mm. when you've got it like this yours they, they still want one though don't they that's true your favourites in Dark Horses Benny yeah I mean Liverpool is an obvious call they are the reigning champion mm-hmm. oh, they are pretty good um I also see Leipzig like playing a role not going to the if they don't get Real Madrid in the next round I would say there is a chance for them to be a surprise Um, I think I agree with Alex I feel sorry for uh, for Milan fans at the moment both sides because there will be Champions League football in the San Siro (laughs) but neither of them will be playing in it Oh, they did very well last night, actually, Atalanta. Didn't very they well. just? Yeah, they played yeah. really well. Shakhtar were quite odd. They didn't really turn up, but yeah, they could be interesting for, for Atalanta. Had no points after the first yeah. three games of the group, and, and still went still, still gone through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. It's all about fairy tales <laughs> today. Uh, no fairy tale for you, Dan. Last Saturday night. Oh God. <laughs> um, do you want to blame VAR or no, where, or no, would you like once. to say it all went wrong? Well, complacency. No, I had no complaints about the VAR on this occasion. At oh, all, okay. Actually, yeah, well, that's yeah. good because we never. Yeah, I've, had, I've had a lot of complaints about it this season, but no, I thought it was like a stonewall penalty. Okay. And how the referee didn't see it in the first place, I don't know. And then there was a couple of sort of like, well, I think there was one handball shout for, for City on the stroke of half time, but I don't really see how you can how you can give that really. So, yeah, I thought thought the referee, the VAR, sorry, did a pretty good job for once. So what went wrong then? Because <sighs> I, this, I going into it, I just assumed City would win. So did I, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of talk between me and my mates before the game was like how we didn't, it didn't feel like a derby day. You know, we mm. were really confident about winning, and then the game started. City started okay, but I think Daniel James had a chance after like five minutes, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a really open game. Could have been three or four nil to United at half time. The chances they had. Um, City were, City were really lucky to still be in the game and then sort of the second half United just kind of shut up shop and um, City dominated possession but were just sort of aimlessly crossing the ball into the box as they've done quite a lot this season um, United were still really dangerous on the break and uh, and yeah it was just kind of the story of the whole season for City. Without Ed and Zeko in the squad why are City crossing the ball into the box? It doesn't I mean, seem to make sense I mean it's, it's a lot to ask like in, in that game for example it's a lot to ask for Gabriel Jesus to win a header against Maguire and Lindelof it's I mean they're even, about twice the size of yeah, he is and it's even so. more of a big ask when the crossing is so bad it's like they, they, I don't know why they've sort of started doing this this season where they're just sort of dumping these crosses into the box but they don't seem like they're practising them and training very much either because no, the quality of them is terrible right? yeah yeah I don't know he's just maybe they're trying of, to be a bit more like Van Hal's you know oh no Moises United yeah 
they like to cross with is he just trying to mix it up for the sake of mixing it up I think part of the problem is that they don't have the option now of like um, so in the past couple of seasons they've had Leroy Sané as an option he's not there anymore Mm. so they're playing with wingers who are both inverted wingers on both sides so they're not getting this option where they're getting people getting round the back and getting uh, you know to the byline and being able to cut it back as they have done so much in recent seasons so a lot of the crossing is coming from like wider deeper areas so that's where the fullbacks normally come in isn't it yeah and the fullbacks haven't been been I mean Kyle Walker's been pretty good Mendy has been really poor Um, Angelino they played Angelino at the the weekend who was signed as a sort of third choice left back and has now started Liverpool away and United at home I don't think that was part of the plan when they signed him so yeah everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong for City this season really um, so it lies in defence then the the reason why their title challenge is in tatters yeah I mean the I always thought that not replacing company was like a really big gamble in the summer and they might have got away with it if Laporte had stayed fit losing Laporte has been absolutely massive he's probably the most important player aside from Edison in the team um, they just don't really have a, a suitable replacement for him they've been playing Fernandinho there um, who's done okay but that means that they sort of sacrifice the midfield a lot like Rodri's been pretty good but mm. he is taking a bit of time to learn the ropes of Premier League football I think and it's showing sometimes that they're just getting overrun in midfield I imagine Fernandinho is susceptible to speed uh, to speed as well yeah and balls over the top seems to be mm. a bit of a problem for City as well um, this season so yeah the whole the whole defence is a bit of a shambles really and it's why I can't really see them I mean they're out of the title race That's there's no doubt about that they have been for quite a while I think and I don't see them winning the Champions League with that defence either completely out of the title race 14 points behind it's not going to happen how was it last season when they also 12 points behind yeah. no at worst it was like 7 points last was it not season. 11 or something at one stage no, I, I think, think it was 9 with a game in hand or mm, something like that yeah. at one point but even but. so Liverpool have been so relentless that I don't see them drop it I mean people are talking about Leicester being in the title race which they are but they're, they're 8 points behind Liverpool I don't see Liverpool dropping that many points and Leicester making up that kind of ground on them so I think it's going to be a procession to the title for Liverpool this season we did mention this before but it would be amazing if Brendan Rodgers won the title with Leicester ahead yeah. of Liverpool <laughs> and it's I, wouldn't, I mean I'm sure Liverpool fans probably won't mind so much but I reckon there is a small part of this first title in 30 years that's going to be a little bit anticlimactic. It's kind of over and done with in November. I'm not, I'm not, I'm tr- feeling, I'm not saying I'm that cope okay with that. No, I'm sure they will be, yeah, but it's not quite going to have that moment where they're like, yes, we've won the league, you know. They'll still be ex- They'll be building statues to Jurgen yeah. Klopp outside Anfield. Oh, God, yeah. 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 If they win the league, yeah. my theory, which I stress out in every episode of the One Football Podcast, is <laughs> yes. that Jurgen Klopp goes to Bayern Munich afterwards. So... It's happening. Well, see, this I was thinking about this because you always it's it's your thing, and I figure that City are now making wild predictions. I could see City kind of not kind of going downhill a little bit. Mm-hmm. I could see Pep leaving, maybe taking a bit of while to get back into place. United won't be able to challenge because they're just not strong enough. Leicester, I can't imagine them challenging Chelsea, Arsenal, etc. Klopp could actually now build a bit of a dynasty here, win a couple of titles and then go to Bayern. Yeah, but I think he learned it in Dortmund. Like, there's the right moment to leave a club. And if you won, win the title first time since 30 years, mm. 
what else can you achieve after winning the Champions League the year before so there is they are on top level and everything else will be compared to that and I think he learned it in Dortmund where he won like title 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 and then mm. he, he forgot to leave and then he went down and I think he learned that lesson and I would say if there's a the best way to leave Liverpool is if you win the title last year won the Champions League what else can you achieve I mean oh no nothing that's there? peak that's peak. Hair, and they'll win the hair. World Club Cup as well uh, yeah the, yeah well, there's a super important uh, yeah, really big one. I would say. Uh, it is Pep Guardiola's worst points return after the first 16 matches of a top flight season in his managerial career. That's bold not good. Fraud. <laughs> bold fraud. Bold <laughs> fraud. Um, what does he need to fix it then, Dan? Well, the simple solution for me, and he's not going to do it, he's pretty much gone on record and said that he's not going to do it, is just put Fernandinho back in midfield. Okay. Just do that. Because Why, for, what's happened to John Stones? Why doesn't he? Well, like very good John question. Stones? Yeah, he's, I mean, he, this is his fourth season at the club now. He's always injured and I, he doesn't seem to have improved very much mm. for me in that time. Is that so, a lifestyle thing or is it a, is I that I think just... he has had personal issues off the field. He okay. had a, I think he broke up with his long-term partner right. and that sort of stuff. So I think that's affected him a little bit um, by all accounts but yeah it's not looking too great for him I think he gonna... was meant to be the world's greatest centre back for a while there wasn't he yeah yeah I mean he's still, he's still quite young he's still only sort of 25 26 you would have imagined that one player who could really progress under Guardiola would have been Stones yeah. I don't think the injuries have helped him at all yeah right. but um... and what Guardiola just doesn't trust him he plays more often than not but then he's injured again now like right. he, he got injured during the game at the weekend um, which leaves us with Otamendi and Fernandinho as the only sort of senior centre-backs you know it's not good if Otamendi is one of your senior no, fits but they played Zagreb in the Champions League last night and they had a kid player called Eric Garcia who's played a little bit for them he looks ready to me I would play him now in the league hmm. the league's gone just it's time to experiment you know same with Phil Foden if these players I was waiting get, for the Phil Foden <laughs> they're not going to the get Phil a game Foden now when are they going to get a game really yeah, yeah. but when, when Pep leaves yeah as a player it's absolutely natural that you're annoyed by Pep Guardiola after a certain amount of time like these videos where he like looks where's the camera and then I have to actively talk to people and like he's, he's just He's just talking, Must talking, talking, waving yeah. his hands all the time. If you have it for three years, I would say like, oh, come on. We were talking about this in the office last night, yeah. weren't we? When you're winning, I can imagine everything he says is like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, and you'll follow him, you know, to death. But when you're losing and things are going against you, I can imagine everything he says starts to annoy you. Yes. And you question everything. Mm. And you think, why is this bloke talking to me like that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I... I don't know. I know they keep saying, or he keeps saying, that he's going to stay until the end of his contract, which is 2021. <clears throat> Got one more season after this. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. If, if they crash out of the Champions League this season and I don't know, they finish third or whatever, they're not going to sack him, but nah. I can imagine him just jacking it in. I reckon he might go. But yeah. he has yeah. no experience for these situations. He always got to mm -hmm. teams and wins titles and is a superhero and mm -hmm. invents football. And now, like, it's it's a decade. It's his decade. He changed football. But I think right now he's in a situation that he don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Uh, it is the decade of Pep. That is yeah, true. Is. Yeah. But yeah. He, he, hasn't, he doesn't have the toolbox to, like, handling critical situations, I would say, because he's, he has always the great teams and he's, like, great football. And now when things go wrong, it's interesting to see because then you really show if you're very, very good coach mm -hmm. or just a, a winning coach, like like I would say. The fact that he uses the word guys every two <laughs> seconds is what would annoy me the most. What he did at Bayern was like he loved every player. And so in every press conference, like, oh, he's the best player. I love him. He's he said this player. about Dante. He's the best player. He's the best player. If we had a team of Dante, yeah. this We need 11 Dantes to win the title and whatever. I don't know if he's doing that at Man City because I think this annoys players too. Yeah. 
if everyone is loved, like it doesn't come across as real. Nah, as well. it's, it's disingenuous. Yeah, it's disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of Manchester, Alex. Yes. Another manager you've been skeptical of is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> so, Alex is so skeptical. I know. It's I good. Know. I like it. You like it? You're with <laughs> it? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, he has now beaten Mourinho and Pep in a matter of days. Mm. Has he changed your mind? Uh, no. In a word, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, these. Okay, hang on. Man United are doing well against good teams because they're a counter-attacking side. So against Chelsea, against Man City, you know, against the big clubs, they do well because teams push onto them mm. and then they've got Marshall. When mm. he's fit, Marshall and Rashford and Daniel, Daniel James, they can counter-attack and like yes, they did they last Saturday. They sit deep and... Yeah, and, yeah. They, and that's perfectly fine and a perfectly legitimate way to play football. But the next, before Christmas, no, before New Year, they've got Burnley, Newcastle, Watford and Everton. They're the four games that I think will prove whether Solskjaer is the right man for Man United because they're the games that they're not, you know, Watford aren't going to go and press Man United and try and play football against them. So, and like we've seen previously before this past week, they struggle against mid-table teams. They can't react when teams drop deep. They have no way of going through teams. They've got, and I like McTominay, but a midfield two of McTominay and Fred is not good enough in the Premier League. So, yeah, these next four games now are really where Solskjaer needs to prove that he's a top coach and he can do it when it matters for me does one matter still play for Man United he does he does sometimes but he's been playing out wide but that and that's against the lesser teams they mm. try and put matter in so he can like thread passes but he's not he's not good enough anymore I don't think so yeah like I say this is going to be a really really key time for Man United now the next mm. next few weeks before Christmas I see you slagging off Fred I actually thought he started <laughs> he to did play, play well, well against, recently, no, he, he did play well against Man City I'll give yeah. him that but one game one good game in two years isn't good enough okay I see Ferguson on the scene a bit more yeah I wonder if there's a little uh, I wonder if there's a little something yeah, going on there maybe that's I don't know a bit of a PR ploy from the club just to wiggle him out mm. when things are going badly just to be like oh Ferguson's back but yeah I don't know I don't know it's so cynical for, <laughs> for such a young man so cynical but do you think like Ferguson has any any active decisions on Manchester? no no just a I wouldn't be surprised if Solskjaer was in regular contact with him asking him different questions how am I doing boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I wouldn't be surprised I, actually, I think Solskjaer might have actually even said that he would talk to Ferguson of course if there's an option to talk to Alex Ferguson I would do it but I think uh, it depends on all Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thinks about his things uh, and if Ferguson can't follow modern football because a lot of things have changed since Andy Cole is not a striker for Manchester <laughs> United anymore so uh, <laughs> But I think just his presence, his presence at Man United does a lot. And I think if even if like Ferguson is just on the training ground, naturally, especially players like Rashford and Lingard will try a little bit harder. Whether I can it's, see them trying whether harder. consciously or not, just like trying a little bit harder. Yeah. They've still so, got his parking space as well. Yeah, exactly. Solskjaer yeah. won't park there. So. <laughs> does he really? Yeah. There was some story last season that he doesn't park in the manager's spot because that's Ferguson's or something. I don't know if, he, if, it, if he's in truth to be honest, so perhaps we're being very unfair to him, but... Okay. But yeah, like I say, these next four games are going to be... If they win all four of those, then I might revise my opinion on Solskjaer. But until then... 
Hold fire. Let's have them back on after those four yeah. games and we can see. That's the thing with United. The, the post-Ferguson era has been full of these little moments of like spikes of good form and you go, oh, United are back, they've turned a corner and then it never lasts. So yeah, got- uh, like Man United will keep, will win a big game every six weeks and yeah. Solskjaer will keep his job but then lose against... I, I can live with that. These- <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is some talk of uh, Haaland going there but it seems like he's off to Dortmund. Yeah. Is that right? Again, like he's a Salzburg player and every Salzburg player is only allowed to go to Leipzig first. And if Leipzig says, no, we don't want him, then I would warn any other club in the world to sign a player because Leipzig has a good spotting and scouting of players, Mm -hmm. of talents. And if they don't want him... But he would would only go there if Werner leaves, right? Yeah, they they bring him in, then there's a contract, I don't know, 1 million euros, and he goes there, then he learns for two years, and then he goes for 150 million. And then Werner goes to Bayern? Maybe Werner goes to Bayern. I don't know. Currently, he don't need to go to Bayern because he's in the better team right now. So there's mm. a, there might be a reason to stay in Leipzig. Speaking of the Bundesliga, Benny. Yes. Gladbach mm. are going to win the league. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's a fact. That's a statement. That's a fact. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's you have to see it from a long term thing. Okay. Because they were very good when Lucien Favre was the coach. Then Lucien Favre just left from day one to day two he just said I'm not the coach anymore mm-hmm. so he wasn't fired he said actively you know I don't want to be here anymore and since then Gladbach was trying to find themselves so they brought in a coach that they don't want just for like intermediate but he was so successful that they had to keep him otherwise they would look bad and he was a bad coach uh, so then another year was lost and now finally like Max Ebel the manager is like doing or the, the sporting director is doing a good job in bringing in players but they had the wrong coach and now they have uh, Marco Rose from 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 Salzburg uh, plus a very good uh, coach uh, coach like a good coaching staff mm-hmm. all bought from Salzburg um, and it fits together it's impressive how it fits together but um, yeah I think they are currently on the hype train so let's see there's oh, they're winter, on the hype train there's a winter break in Germany and normally after the winter break like Bayern starts to get better and better and the other clubs like it's the toughest period for them like February March and all this stuff and this is where the title is decided and Gladbach is in a good position but uh, they are far away from winning the league how many points behind are Bayern now oh, Bayern is 7th it's very close I think I, 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 I would say it's, it's 5 or 6 points something like this what it's, desk do you work on again German, uh, you work on the German desk yeah but for yeah. animal movies he's oh, <laughs> possibly on paternity leave now anyway he's already checked out yeah, yeah that is true he has checked yes. out he checked out last night yeah. um, last time Gladbach were top at this stage they won the league 76, 76. 77 I found out the other day that the 70s were glory years for Gladbach yes there was the, they were the like the Real Madrid of Germany they they invented the nice game while Bayern is just like was a machine because okay. they brought in the best players and Gladbach was like it was the bohème football everybody everybody loved him the artists and everyone they had Günther Netzer in the midfield legend long hair Günther Netzer yeah. yeah so they were very good they were the, they were the team bringing nice football to Germany so so people finally realize it's not work and it's not a war zone. It's actually fun to watch football and they were the team to bring it. That, that's where their name came from, Fohlen. That's the young horses in mm-hmm. Germany. And they were all super young and uh, like a good group. Nice. Jupp Heynckes played there. Jupp Heynckes. He was the center striker. Alan Simonsen was the best striker for two or three years before he went to Barcelona. So he, they had a good team there. And then Hamburg came through. And then Hamburg came too and Bayern was still there. Okay. Uh, they obviously beat uh, Bayern at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ben Sabani, have I pronounced that right? 
I don't know, I'm prepared to leave Benza Baini, I would Benza say. Benza Baini. Yep. Said they deserve to win. Yeah, they deserve to win. Of oh, course. Okay. If you win in Munich, you deserve to win. That's that's absolutely right. I mean, you don't go there, win, and say we don't deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they are right. They deserve to win. Okay. Currently, it's pretty easy to win against Bayern. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. In the Bundesliga. In the Bundesliga. In the yes. Bundesliga. Also in the Champions League, I would say, if you're not Tottenham. He's the first defender to score a brace against Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga <laughs> since Alfred Neuhaus. Ah, oh, you did your job, right? In March 1997. Raise up the Joe. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting on this podcast. Today, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good presenter up the Joe. But that's something to be, you know, praised. Yeah, yeah. yeah very good. Yeah. Okay. Hansi Flick still in the job, but has now lost two. And you said it would be interesting when he loses games to see how he copes. Yeah, because they put him on like the biggest spot and said, oh, he's so fantastic. He talks to the players. Finally, he did everything else than Kovac. But it shows that, yeah, there was this effect of having a new coach. So everybody did extra effort, but now they are back on being like not so good as they can be. I think they finally find out that they need a new coach. So I think they did the mistake to say, they they did a mistake to say like Hansi Flick is the best option because he is a good option, but he's not someone who like develops the team or whatever. He still is the fireman there. And uh, I think they, they wait for Klopp or Pep, I don't know, to bring in. Oh, Pep's not going to go back, is he? That would be ridiculous. Why not? Did they like him in the end? Yes. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then maybe he, he should He changed everything. Everybody liked him in the Bundesliga. Uh, except me except you of course <laughs> Leipzig just a point behind Gladbach yes so you, you tipped them that they could do something in the Champions League they might do something in the in the Bundesliga too which is a nightmare from a fan and traditional perspective and we Germans like traditions in football it's so a real nightmare they can are I the ask villain? you something actually right? yes. I was at Leipzig last week yeah. and the press officer at the club told me that their like approval rating in Germany they're like the third most popular club that's in what Germany that's their media speech they're yeah. not at all <laughs> I found that hard to believe yeah. as well to be honest yeah. so they say we have the most away fans if you have ever seen Leipzig playing away it's 14 people and most of them are families so it's I think they they are very popular in for the new generation because they don't give a shit about the history of German football and the construct of uh, Red Bull being part of this club and whatever so God, my you, kind of club yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you can get behind yeah. <laughs> so uh, it would be a nightmare for German football uh, but they are currently a very good team and they have the I think the best coach the best German coach that is yeah. on the market so uh, it's an interesting project but that's also already the problem it's a project and they are the villains they are bad um, don't forget that so there is a big marketing it's a marketing tool for a shitty brand uh, that should stay in fun sports and stay away from football <laughs> tell us how you really feel yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. it yeah. I, got, I got two free cans of Red Bull while I was yeah, there of course. did you don't yeah, drink yeah. it flew home uh, I got a blueberry flavor Red Bull. I would highly recommend it. I was not. I was not paid to say that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, they also have cola or anything else. Do they? So, yeah, but you it were... destroys your stomach and your brain. So finally, you end up being a Leipzig fan, which is the worst thing. Um, but if Red Bull do want to sponsor this podcast, yeah, just, uh... give us a shout, Red Bull. We'd be more than happy to taste you on the podcast. You were enjoying their training. You got to see their training. And I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were quite impressed. Yeah. So you one thing I noticed during the training session, right? Julian Nagelsmann is thirty-two, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was wearing orange boots. 
you don't really see that from a manager, do you? Yeah, he lifted his face like the beginning of That's last true, season. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's, <laughs> no, what he what? He had a lift of his eye eyelids, so he looked super awkward, like like these, you know, like Samantha Fox like a... when they had surgery. <laughs> it's like I just changed my haircut. Samantha Fox. New face. <laughs> Nobody uh, listening to this podcast is going to know who Samantha Fox is. <laughs> Google it. It's interesting. <laughs> well, go to incognito yeah. when you grow up. <laughs> uh, he was orange boots. Yeah, I mean, you've got they say you got to be a good player to wear like coloured boots, don't mm. you? So you got to be a good manager to wear them as well. I would say. I'm not mad at that. Oh, he's a young, he's a kid. I mean, he's still a football. He was a decent football player. So he got, was he really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think he was a youth of Bayern or something. Uh, I tell you who, de- who definitely didn't wear orange boots. Alex Mott did not wear orange no, boots when no, he was No, he playing. was the white guy, right? Definitely no, he was all, he was all black. black. Really? Puma, yeah. I reckon like World Cups, Puma Kings, that was his sort of thing. Uh, I had Predators. No, F50s is what I used to wear. They had oh, this. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'd paste God, we're going back a bit now. Yeah, we? we are going back. Did you, did you ever get a boot deal or anything? Like that? No. <laughs> no. Do you have a FIFA profile now? Uh, I was on Football Manager. Ooh. A couple uh, of people in the company were on were in FIFA, FIFA and football, football Manager. Yeah, yeah, I was on Football Manager. Did you transfer yourself to FIFA? Oh yeah, Inter-Milan. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Put all your effort, all your money yeah. in yourself. I really backed this Alex Mollard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the more traditional German clubs, the anti-Leipzig, is yes. of course Cologne. Cologne, yeah. And they they're, are, a, they're a mess. They are a mess. They are. The fun thing, or fun thing for an outside perspective, is they do in a, a season-long documentary. Um, oh, no. So they are, Spurs it's stuff. not pre-produced, it's produced live during the season. So you can watch last match day and... In the in the in the changing room in the dressing room the players are interviewed and you see the fall down of a traditional club again. They did horrible mistakes in their in their in their planning of the the squad, but also on the position of the sporting director and the and the and the coach. So they started. They were brought promoted to Bundesliga and they directly like Cologne culture is. They want to go to Europe with the exact same squad plus Antonio Modest, who was three years older and was in China for a year so like it's not the old Anthony Modest and they fail miserably and yeah they will be they will be relegated pretty sure again yes and it's hard to recover because they spent all their money um, they now have a, an average coach and an awful sport manager former Schalke and sport manager you know all about who likes to smoke a lot nice story from him I once did an interview with him uh, and then we afterwards we had a photo session so during the interview he smoked a pack of cigarettes in one hour <laughs> and then we had a photo what, session like a 20 pack <laughs> A 20 pack yeah he just smoked constantly in his in his office I, sat there and I nearly passed out <laughs> and then we, then we did a photo session which was 100 meters away from his office in a like a little sporting hall and he said yeah uh, I, I pick you up and we go there and I said yeah nice and then he go to his car smoked a cigarette in the car driving to this 100 meter away room <laughs> uh, <laughs> me sitting next to him always be like oh where where the hell am I and then he did a photo uh, like can you hold my cigarette <laughs> photo took a cigarette and went back to work it was absolutely crazy he's Drunk. a nice person but I think he's not the best sporting director sort of guy who gets through two lighters a day yeah <laughs> <laughs> his finger has been flamed basically. he just has a lighter in his finger yeah it's crazy so but uh, fun guy but not the best sporting director and not good for Cologne okay yeah uh, Jurgen Klinsmann Jurgen yes. Klinsmann is Klinsmann. still working in football 
again. Okay. Like he had a fun thing the first time in Germany. He had a live chat with fans on Facebook yesterday or two days ago. What? Yeah, like Why? he was on Facebook live talking to fans and they could ask him questions. He did this as a manager of the United States national team. Oh, okay. That's the first time he did it in the Bundesliga. I absolutely love it. I think every coach should do that. It's great. Uh, I see him changing a lot of things and Hertha currently is... What, what's his actual role at Hertha? So he was brought in as a board member. Yeah. And then they were so bad uh, that they asked him, hey, do you think you could be a coach? And yes, of course, he was He was a coach. And he's he likes project work. He likes to change things. And I think he's trying to set up everything for a new coach. He will definitely leave after this season and go back to his board member job. But uh, I like that he's back. I like him. So I like. Oh, you do? Oh, I didn't realize he was popular in Germany. No, he's super popular. I oh, mean, okay. he ruined his image at Bayern Munich. There was this story that he first thing he did was bringing Buddha figures to the Sebener Straße and imagine Uli Hoeneß coming to his home and there's a Buddha figure like in Munich which is the most Catholic part of the world and then you, you put in a Buddha figure so but he explained that this wasn't his thing an agency basically said we changed the area for the, the players and they, what, they did like a Feng Shui sort of thing yes and then oh, they blamed Jürgen Klinsmann to do so but he's a maniac but I think he is he doesn't give a shit about the Feng Shui part of it but um, yeah um, I like him he's Seems very like popular the sort of person that you'd want to play for As as a player, you'd oh want, yeah, yeah, you'd want to play for Jurgen Klinsmann. No, you, but you want to be his friend. Yeah, 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 that's true. You don't want to. I think, yeah. So when he was a national team coach, um, he did Jogi well. Löw did all the work. Mm. Like when now Jogi Löw is the national team coach, his co-manager is doing all the work, and he's the media person. So. Um, But yeah, he's like people like him. He's tend to be laughed at, like because he he's changed so many things and he's forward thinking. And Germany's look back and like traditions, so mm -hmm. he's breaking it up a bit. Um, but I kind of like it. Okay. I wouldn't like him at Schalke, but he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Go test out everything on yeah. there. Uh, that's it from the Bundesliga, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Schalke is still the greatest club in Germany. They just prolonged the contract of Amin Harit. So if you want to buy it, clubs out there. He's now 10 million. Uh, it's worth of 10 million. I think he has a buyout clause. I can see Man City come calling right away. Yeah. <laughs> He's a perfect Man City addition, I would say. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Benny, Dan and Alex. We'll be back next week for the last time this year. Because, you know, you need to take a bit of time off. In the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is to get your podcast hit. And if you want to get a touch to your address to do so, it's podcast at onefootball.com. 